think this is definitely like the all-star season that I was waiting for. In a weird way, um, I'm, I'm sad and I'm not sad that Eureka is gone. I, I'm indifferent on Eureka. I know people either love her or hate her. I'm, I'm just yeah. like so focused on Ginger and Raja and TKB right now. I don't, not that I want TKB to win. That's a whole other story. But I, I'm just, I'm so focused on those that I was like, huh, Ginger got eliminated? What? So I totally just like zeroed out on that. Um, but I feel like this season has been for, it's been really good for All-Stars for not having girls that, you know, <laughs> are like serious threats. They're, you know, like Serena Chacha, come on. Don't, don't give me that. Yeah, it's just. It's like, but they, they're putting on a really good season. Like these, I'm really excited for this Jolie. Let's, let's. The internet. It's probably me. It's me. Hold on. Oh. Oh, it's going to be one of those days, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hello? Hello. Hey, sorry. Are you there? Yes. I'm standing in my closet. Is that where the Wi-Fi is? That's the best signal I can get. No! <laughs> it's okay. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I love Kylie. I, we haven't mentioned her. but I love Kylie, but I don't, she doesn't register for me. I agree. She's not going far. No, just, I'm surprised. She's just she's like runway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's just very editorial. I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. I need you to be like a good drag queen. And she's just not giving me all the all the levels. No, um, she's really not. Uh, she's a fucking dynamite performer, but it's just not like. The the level of comedy is not what I was expecting. Like it's not like all there. It's um yeah, it's not the best. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. She should be next to go home though. Yeah, she absolutely. I'm surprised she didn't go home before Eureka. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I yeah, I don't think Kylie is as good as Eureka. So yeah, yep. that's that's where we stand on those. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hello and welcome to a very, very especially um, strange episode of the Full Volume Podcast. I am, we're back mm-hmm. together. Yeah! <laughs> it's been literally weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm your co-host, G.I. Jolie, and as always, I'm joined. Harvey Brent. Mm-hmm. But oh, I forgot to say the word "by." Oh my god! Like that's how especially weird things are. One, we're we're shooting in the middle of the night. And two, well, not the middle of the night, like <laughs> the middle of the evening. Two, um, Brent's hair is growing out in like an end sync kind of way. I, I know. I need to get it redone. Like, except it's very beach blonde up top. Oh. Serving mm-hmm. you surfer realness, but it needs mm-hmm. to be done. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's like, yeah, it's like Sweet Valley High. 
circa 1998. We'll go with that. Yeah, because yeah, not all the not all those girls in NSYNC had the greatest of hair. Mm-mm. No. And I was going to make comparisons to the Baxter Boys, but even they had mushroom cuts. Um, Nick Carter, <laughs> we're looking at you specifically. Bonjour, monsieur. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on today's episode, we will be discussing uh, Marvel Studios Disney Plus series, What If, Episode 2, What If T'Challa Was a Star-Lord? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's that's the question. That's that's what we're gonna ask. Yeah, and I mean, maybe this is premature, but I'm going to preface that question or the discussion of that question with, "Is it a question that needed to be asked?" <laughs> I I don't know how necessary any of these what ifs are to be honest, but um, there was a couple aspects of it that I thought was. Uh, interesting and like totally undercut the entire MCU coming before it, like just convincing Thanos on a whim to like not grab the power stone and eliminate half the universe. So that was cute. Um, yeah. So, you know, little moments of the butterfly effect, but uh, yeah, I, again, I don't know how necessary these are, but it makes sense now. I don't, I'm, sh- I'm sure you and Josh talked about this last week, but it makes sense to have this, come after Loki because what Loki do it split the timeline completely so in a way it's kind of giving us some um, situational examples of how the timeline could split you know so in that way it's yeah. kind of a nice appetizer yeah so for anyone who's wondering or if any anyone out there who just listens to us speak about these shows without watching the shows themselves we'll like gloss over the plot really briefly so T'Challa or Black Panther as we know him um this what if is based around what if he was taken um and given to Yondu as a child and not Peter Quill and then the story takes off from there um he becomes a ravager with Yondu and they do like space crime um, as we are accustomed to seeing Peter Quill do in Garli- Guardians of the Galaxy. Did they introduce, that was Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie, right? They were like... What, where he was this, a Ravager? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was. Okay. Well, that's number one. Um, yes. Okay, great. And they did that thing uh, they that they did in the captain carter episode where they did like sort of a shot for shot uh which josh and i discussed a shot for shot retelling but with t'challa as star lord instead up until a point but they didn't they didn't uh they didn't do that thing where uh they say oh this is this is the point where a decision was made that changed the course of forever it was just that they kidnapped T'Challa as a child from Wakanda and gave him to Yondu. And Yondu told them he was the incorrect child, but was like, I can work with this. <laughs> yeah. And then it picks up like 20 years into the future on, I forget which planet. It wasn't Morag. Um, and Mm-mm. we have Yondu and T'Challa, um, you know, ravaging. And then, you know, bringing their, their ravagers over to Contraxi- Contraxia. I think so. Contractia. Yeah. 
and there they they meet um there's some fun cameos from drax the destroyer um we get thanos introduced as a as a contemplative is he going to be a villain is he going to be a hero turns out he's kind of a hero um and then we also meet nebula as well so um that's kind of what moves the plot along and then nebula suggests that they go on one big heist um and the heist is taking it's the embers of uh oh gosh what is it i honestly (laughs) i had such a rough time keeping up whenever the story goes into like heist territory it's like my mind slows down and it doesn't remember um it doesn't remember details very well so let's just pull this episode up embers of genesis okay okay embers of genesis okay Great. So, um, yeah. you're going to have to continue with the plot. Oh, sorry. Oh, my goodness. I was trying to be polite and wait for my turn. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, Still so you. the uh, Nebula convinces them to the Embers of Genesis from um, the Collector, which he goes by a different name this time. What's the name he goes by? Um, it was something weird, but I recognize oh, Tivon. Right? Yes. Annalir yes. Tivon. That's it. The Galactic so, Kingpin. That's the one. Yes. Galactic Kingpin, who knows, and that's all corners of the galaxy and collects. So they have to with Santa and the Ravagers and, and Nebula and T'Challa, they all get together. And um it's it's great because they're they're doing like recon and Nebula's like, yeah. The Black Order works for <laughs> for the collectors, so that's cue where cameos from Proxima Midnight, um, Call Obsidian. Although they don't call him that, they call him Black Dwarf, which is his comic book name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ebony Ma. So those are his his um, officers slash security enforcers. And uh, yeah, from there they they actually you know enact the heist. Um, doesn't go quite as well. Thanos is creating a distraction outside, and uh, Proxima Midnight's a little a little wise to it, and realizes that she's been distracted. And so they come back to the collector's actual collection, and T'Challa gets captured. One part I kind of forgot to have missed, which is a fun cameo, is that T'Challa runs across Howard the Duck. Yeah, kind of fun, <laughs> played by Seth Green, and um, you know uh, Howard the Duck tries to find the embers of but T'Challa gets captured and um, that kind of brings us to the to the climax of, of, um, of the episode. Uh, it basically says to T'Challa, yeah, I'm disappointed in you. I thought you were going to be more than just a human. We're just going to keep you on display. We're going to flay you, you know. And so um, at that point, his uh, his slave helps helps free T'Challa. I think her name's Karina. Yes. Um, I just think of like the Karina, Karina. Um, and so Okay. I'm as far into the closet as I can be. Hello, 17-year-old Brent. (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, which is bringing back memories or... (laughs) You can actually see... I'm literally... Physical 17-year-old self. (laughs) Fitting myself inside the closet. Um, Yeah. I... Where did I leave off? Um... Uh, Nebula and Nebula heel fake heel turn. 
Fake? Nebula, fake heel turn. Yes, fake heel turn. Um, she ends up helping Thanos fight off Proxima Midnight and Black Dwarf. And uh, it culminates in T'Challa and um, I think it was Yondu. Was it Yondu? Um, that helped put um, the Collector yeah. back into a cage. And then he released all the other of the Collector's collections. And that's it. And then we have a nice little stinger at the end where Peter Quill, back on Earth, is the manager of a Dairy Queen. And his father, the Celestial Ego, comes to visit him. Yes. Uh, amazing. Also, they bring... Um, Yondu has sort of like a change of heart where he's like, no, I should, you should be able to like have a choice. And he brings him back to Wakanda. How sweet. Oh, that's right. How can I forget? Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the episode. That's, that's my choppy ass recap in the closet. I love it. Um, so what we have traditionally been doing is going through like our favorite parts of the episode maybe picking three if they overlap we'll find another but this one i'm having a hard time with i only really have a couple things that i no i do have three i wonder if they it overlap uh, so you can't you don't have to force it but no that's no. that's fine no if if you have three that's that's good yeah okay so i will start with one is i love the appearance of howard the duck because at the end oh at the end of which movie was it that we saw him was it an iron man movie was it a captain america i think it was the first guardians was it the first guardians where we see him in the collector's collection um they yeah. never really yeah they never really go back to that but we we see it and it's like okay and, I, and now I want it. And now I want a Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that they just left him there. Uh, yeah. um, I really thought he would be more, you know, come into at least like Endgame or something. But nope. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no Howard the Duck. But it's nice that they brought him back for this. I like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, would, and that then... probably would have been something that stood out to me, too. That would have been on my top three. But I'll find another one. Oh, OK. Um, and then oh. <laughs> you go ahead with one of yours. Well, I was going to say, um, in the actual climax of the episode, I really enjoyed um, how the Collector was using various weapons from different MCU characters. So he he used like um, um, a sword from the Dark Elves made of dark matter, and he used Hela's helmet, goddess of the underworld. Um, so that was pretty cool. That was a unique way to show some some fighting in him because... You haven't really seen him fight in the films. Like he's always just like getting tormented by Thanos. <laughs> That's yeah. his really only role was to be like destroyed. Uh, yeah. So that was really cool for sure. I liked that just the little nods. Like you saw the Captain America shield there. And um, so yeah, like the little indirect cameos was really cool. Mm. Awesome. Uh, the, let's see. Mine, my second one wasn't really a cameo, but it was like an appearance by a character that we are all familiar with, and that's Nebula. I really love. I'm a huge fan of the Eleventh Doctor and Amy Pond, so I really enjoy the character of Nebula because I'm a fan of the actress, and it was nice to see Nebula portrayed as. Was it getting too dark in the closet? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was <laughs> <nice> <laughs> familiar <to> feeling. <laughs> see her portrayed in um, uh, like a more familial light ag up against Thanos, like r respected and loved daughter, and not a tormented and 
tormented daughter. Yeah. Abused. Yeah. It it was, this is the kind of what if that I like, that I kind of wish the first episode was. It's like, um, this is what would happen. Uh, th- maybe this is what would happen if these characters had different courses in life. Like everyone's course is f- phenomenally different. Hers ends up being like actually pretty good. She's still kind of bad, but and then what you were saying about Thanos because of Thanos because Thanos is sort of a hero. Um, it, it probably lends itself to his personality being that of a father who treats his children better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing too, that's really good about what if is the fact that like, yeah, you get to see these characters in a different light and like it it lets the the universe kind of treat them with justice when the movies maybe didn't have time to do that Mm -hmm. because those movies are always so stacked, right? Like Nebula arguably is actually quite important in the later Avengers films. But she's still, like, she just still doesn't get enough development. She's really a plot device. Um, So it's nice to see her get a little bit of a background like that. You said that familial touch to her, I think, was was a nice touch that, you know, we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite or your, yeah, your favorite number two? Probably the appearance of the Black Order, because that's kind of falls in line with what you're saying. I mean, unfortunately, again, the Black Order have played henchmen they're not fully blown realized characters um but damn if like that they are fun to watch you know i like them in avengers infinity war i like them in endgame and now i get to see them here again fighting and it's it's pretty cool so i i would say just the appearance of the black order was nice and having them fill a similar but different role mm-hmm. awesome um and then so my final one it took me a second to think about this one, and now I've lost it again. And it wasn't anything to do with Peter Quill, and it wasn't other. Th- do you know what? I really, really enjoyed hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice more than I thought yeah. that I would. It made me a little bit sad, um, but it also made me happy um, that he was able to do this before uh, he passed away from our world, and. They like it was. I really loved how they dedicated the episode to him. Um, but yeah, it was. It wasn't my total favorite thing. Obviously, we we knew it was coming. So, um, let's let's see. Dig deep. <laughs> uh, and do you know what? I will replace my third favorite thing with like a thing that I kind of wished was different was that Yondu was the exact same person he was in the films. Yes, he was. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just kind of surprised that they. Yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say there wasn't much like deviation between how he was. You know, he was still a, a ravager. Uh, I guess he just reported, like, he still reported to the Celestial Ego. Like, it did feel very familiar, which I, I don't know. I guess it's not, like, a bad thing. But, yeah, it would have been interesting if they added a new layer to his character. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll get back to that later. But we'll go through and talk about your third, if you have one. And then we'll go get back to that point. Because there is something interesting that other people have pointed out about the episode so far that, you know we should probably discuss so um hmm. 
Okay, this one's maybe a bit abstract, but I think uh, Chala as Star Lord, and I, think, I mean, I, I understand that's the point of the episode, but he didn't give us the same kind of Star Lord personality that Peter Quill would have given us. Um, he's not some arrogant, goofy, you know, straight white cis male. <laughs> you know, like he didn't give me any of that energy. Um, yeah. So he almost he almost like approached the role of Star Lord as more it was more responsible and you know, it was more of a, a um, assertive leader. Mm -hmm. Like um, in this scene, you know, when he was talking to Yondu and like you know talking about you know why they should go on this mission and whatnot, like it it seemed a bit less nonsensey than a Peter Quill Star Lord, and I I respected that. I liked that it was different and it, it fell in line with how you would expect T'Challa to be as Star-Lord. Yeah. Oh, I agree. There was something there was something that I couldn't quite put my finger on about this episode that was very that felt very refined in a way that Peter Quill is yeah. not. He's just like kind of goofy, um kind of bumbling and that that sort of personality and what it lends to the story was missing from yeah. this one. But I'm not sure that I I'm not sure whether I like it or I hate it. Okay, so the one thing... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say I agree with you. He wasn't... T'Challa wasn't an oaf this time, you know? He was he was more sensible, and I liked that. Mm -hmm. Yes, so the one thing that um, sort of came up uh, when I was sort of looking at how, like, the reception of the show was that people had a huge problem, especially in Captain Carter... Um, because both I and both myself and Josh, hello, Brent's plants, <laughs> just quickly <laughs> saw your plants, which tangent, oh. <laughs> if we do start a plant podcast, Josh is in. <laughs> oh, yeah, we still need to do that because we had to give each other tours of our plants and, and point out what's wrong because there's things wrong with mine. So <laughs> we need to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're. The, I would say I'm a plant amateur, so I'm not trying to, like, you know, be a pro. Um, or it would be mostly nonsense from my peanut gallery. But anyway, okay, tangent off. <laughs> Just the thought is there. Um, yeah. Now that the tangent is off, I can't... Oh, that's right. Okay, so the major qualm that people had was the fact that um, it was just like especially captain carter it was just a scene for scene rehash of captain carter in captain america's shoes like it wasn't different enough um the course of her fate even though she chose to stay while he was being shot up um it didn't they didn't alter it enough for it to be interesting which i'm surprised about because mm -hmm. i really liked captain carter it got me excited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think that's a very good episode to lead on conceptually, though, I feel like. Just because if it's a shot, okay, like, maybe on one end they thought, like, if it's a shot-for-shot shot remake, basically, but with Captain Carter, then, like, it'll get people familiar with the idea of what if, you know? But at the same time, I feel like this episode is so much more different in the sense that it was, like, excuse me, it was, like, the butterfly effect, you know? Like, 
what if the wrong kid was abducted and all of a sudden, you know, all these different choices play out. Like to me, that seems more like the spirit of what if, whereas the first episode. It's too derivative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still excited about it. I agree about it. That's the tea for me, though. I'm just saying. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that was your quick recap. That was your quick recap. Um, Harvey Brent's sink is currently being fixed and he needs to return to that fixing. (laughs) So we're going to call it a short I know. (laughs) No, it's okay. I really like am happy we were able to get it together for like earlier than we usually film it during the week. So this episode is actually you're listening on Sunday um, because that's when it drops. We're actually recording it thursday night which is a day after the release of the show which is something we never do (laughs) who are we yeah i know right um we (laughs) we are beauty we are grace Mm -hmm. no glamour toad (laughs) a hundred and ten percent um so yeah if you tell us what you thought about the second episode of what if um let us know if you're going to keep watching if you're going to stay on the marvel disney plus train josh said we're getting nine episodes which will take us into well take us into october into yeah sometime in october it looks sometime like, yeah, yeah. And then we won't get Ms. Marvel until I think they're saying like November 11th. There's a Hawkeye show in there too somewhere, isn't there? Oh, sorry. You're right. I think Hawkeye comes first and then Ms. Marvel, which I mean, I'm excited for both of those damn shows. Oh, I was just like, yay, another espionage show with Hawkeye. Cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I want to see I after after Transformers, that Bumblebee movie, I really liked Haley Steinfeld. It Pitch Perfect didn't even do it for me. It was definitely that Bumblebee nope. movie. And you know what? After watching Black Widow, I I'm like forgiving of the espionage genre within Marvel because Falcon and the Winter Soldier took it out of me, but Black Widow entertained me. So let's hope Hawkeye goes the same way. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed uh so if you want to send us mail it's full volume pod at full volume pod at gmail.com you can follow us on social media on facebook twitter and instagram at comic book syndicate or at comic syndicate that's on twitter uh like us follow us ring bells uh listen to this audio version of the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search Full Volume Podcast or the Comic Book Network. Until next time, I have been your co-host, G.I. Joe Lee. And I have been Harvey Brent. Keep it loud. Keep it at full volume and full Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yeah, we'll try at least. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 